Welcome to Remolations. We're your hosts. I'm Mindy. And I'm Brooke. Remolations is a dream interpretation podcast where we read listeners' dreams. From nightmares to the just plain bizarre, join us as we give you our comedic interpretation of your fucked up REM cycle. This week, I've got a crazy dream from Lisa about creepy, crawly, baby Barbies. We also have cat naps that have to do with random name changes, yucky desserts, <laughs> and hugs from murderers. Oh, Everyone deserves a hug. <laughs> and stay around to the end because I'm also talking about the 2001 Selby rail crash, which is one of the worst derailments and crashes in the UK history. Wow. All right, Bestie. Don't get a hug from a murderer. And let's get started. Woo! Oh, hello. <laughs> Are we just going to awkwardly wait till someone says hi? <laughs> I guess. Hi. Welcome hi. to the podcast. We're going to talk and... You're going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's how podcasts work. So I hope you're ready because we've got stuff to say. <laughs> I would like to share a dream with you today, Mindy. <laughs> that is literally our intro. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right, it is. Sorry. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. I would like to share a dream with you today from Lisa from Buffalo. Okay. And she starts by saying, I had this nightmare in fifth grade that will okay. haunt me for the rest of my days. Ooh. When you're 10, you got a lot a lot of years to go. That's so, a lot of years, yeah. It's got to be bad. Okay. I was in a large, empty auditorium, and I saw a little girl, no older than three or four, sitting a few seats away from me. She was a blonde-haired girl with a pink dress and a cute little ponytail on top of her head. I was kind of in a trance, just staring around the place. Barbie? Baby Barbie, Barbie? Ba- is baby, that you? Baby Barbie? Baby Barbie? I was looking You're for so you. You're so pretty. You're so pretty. <laughs> Hang on. I can't read this. <laughs> I put a highlighter on it, and now I can't read the oh, words. Oh, no, no. Then the girl turned her head and grinned at me, and I saw her big yellow eyes. I felt oh. insanely freaked out and ran for it. Okay. Good idea. Sounds good. Good plan, Lisa. Suddenly, I was on a hill, and the auditorium was nowhere in sight. All I saw was a deep, dark drop and those yellow eyes in the darkness. Oh, I, like glow-in-the-dark eyes. Yeah, Barbie, put mm, them away. Barbie, baby, baby Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> put your glowing yellow eyes away. You I'm gotta not ready for turn that, that switch off. There's a little switch on her back. Turns oh, yeah. On the glowing yeah. eyes. <laughs> like the controversial video Barbie of the 90s. Oh, I had Gem. I, we've already talked about this, oh, who yes. I broke. Because her earrings did not light up once I took her in the tub. Such a bummer. Such a bummer. <laughs> so maybe we just throw this creepy baby Barbie into the water. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that'll take care of it. I tried running, but I felt groggy and my legs felt like it was made of lead. <sighs> the, the, the worst, worst feeling. The worst, you the know. Worst. Nonetheless, I kept on running at an excruciatingly slow pace up the hill and toward a playground oh. that was on top of the hill. I saw my parents at the playground, as well as my brother and a few other kids. I'd be heading up the hill, too. You know I don't want to go up a hill, but get to a playground. If your parents are there? Your parents, your siblings. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'd be going. 
Oh, okay. However, when I turned back, I saw the little girl was crawling toward me with a strange Cheshire cat-looking kind of grin. I ran past the playground, shouting at my family and the kids to get away. <laughs> I then heard screams. Get and, off the damn merry-go-round. Get There's off a the creepy sly. baby Barbie coming Baby Barbie us. with glowing lights for eyes is coming. <gasps> we have to go, Mom. <laughs> I heard screams and running footsteps, but I was so panicked, I didn't look back. Suddenly, I was in the auditorium again, backstage. Oh, don't. To my horror, the toddler was only a few feet away from me. It now had red stains of dried blood on its dress and a few red splotches on its face around the mouth. No. I grabbed a nearby broom as a weapon. (laughs) Hey, you gotta work work with what you got. Work with what you got, because... A broom. Hey, it could work because uh, the broom, when the baby, sorry, no, I'm gonna get back. But you keep calling it, you're gonna start calling it baby Barbie, aren't you? (laughs) Stab that baby Barbie. Stabbed an air by broom as a weapon. And when it came near me, I kicked the thing away from me and fled the stage of the auditorium. The place was now filled with people, all chatting and unaware of the creature. I shouted, to get their attention and ran for my life as the baby ran out and toward the audience. After that, it was just complete chaos. There were running people everywhere. Screams filled the small space. (sighs) So instead of yelling fire in a crowded theater, you just yell, baby, deadly baby Barbie. (laughs) I'd be out. Get out. Out. (laughs) You always look not for the exit you came in, but the opposite exit of where you came in, folks. Oh. Do you ever hear this? You ever no. hear this fact? This, no. This, well, it's not really a fact. This idea, like, when you walk into a theater or a crowded place, naturally, people, if something happens, will go to the exit they came in. Oh, so the cause is like aware, a juggernaut? Mm-hmm. Yep, you got to be aware of the the exits that are opposite of where you came in, because that'll mm. be the less crowded way to get out. Nice. Just, Just, you know. Just a, a, I a life fact. It. I appreciate it. <laughs> a fun it. fact. <laughs> survival <laughs> for Mindy. <laughs> Mindy's survival corner. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. By then, I had realized that this was a dream, and I tried desperately to wake myself oh, up. okay. Then, to my horror, I realized I could no longer move. Worst of mm, all, again, the baby was crawling toward me at an alarming speed. I was completely frozen in fear. And then, just as the thing was about to sink its teeth into mm-hmm. my neck... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what's, what's coming. I woke up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Just perfect timing. Ooh, creepy Ugh. babies. Like, creepy think, baby Barbie. Think about crawling <sighs> really fast. I don't like it. It's, uh, it's creepy. And that baby was on the move. That baby... From the auditorium to the playground, fit. up a hill, back to the... Aqu- I mean, <laughs> so it's time for a nap, baby Barbie. Baby Barbie's probably super, baby Barbie's probably super ready for a nap. <laughs> yeah. You just got to maybe wait it out, Lisa. Maybe just wait out until baby Barbie needs just to take his, her little, her little Baba. snooze. Baba yeah. and a nappy with her lovey. Put, push the, the bottle with the broom closer to her and then just run, like a little distraction. Just like, here you Be go. Like, here, and then run the other way. Yeah. <laughs> with the We've got to figure it out, Lisa. Just sweep it right towards her. <laughs> you made me choke. As Lisa's just like dabbing it on her wrist to make sure it's like the right temperature. It's the right temperature. Like, oh, it's too hot. Baby Barbie, we gotta wait a second. Just hold those yellow eyes and the blood stained mouth. Just 
for a just few minutes. Stay. Okay, not now it's quite ready. ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, curling. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just curl it right her way. Get that bottle over to her. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's a classic stress dream if you ask me. I mean, yeah, anytime right. you're being chased or not being able to move, which happened a couple times. Uh, right, and that feeling. the non the non being able to move your feet or run fast enough. I had one last night, to <gasps> be honest, and I'm not going to share it today because I has to still collect my thoughts on it. But you were in it, but it was the ah. same thing where my feet just wouldn't move. I was trying to get somewhere quickly, and it, they just it was like running through mud. Yeah, and it is especially frustrating. Well, it's always frustrating. That's the point of it in a dream. But when Lisa's like running around trying to save everybody, like one, yeah. she's trying to get away herself from this creepy, horrible. So Lisa's like fifth grade. So she's got to be like 10 trying to like save everyone. That's yeah, and pretty, herself. pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what is it though? That's my whole point of this dream is, you know, they're let me let me backtrack a little bit here. So there's lots of challenges. There's obviously this creepy baby following <laughs> her, trying to kill her. But then she has to go up a hill. And a hill, you know, obviously uh, yeah. usually represents... A challenge. A challenge, plus the fact that she had to go up it, like, in slow motion. But there's mom and dad, and there's a playground. Like, there's Yay! safety. Two things she nope. wants. Love nope. and fun. <laughs> and yeah. she's getting neither of those things. She's getting <laughs> nope. exact opposite. So no one would listen to her. Like, she sees the danger, mm-hmm. but she couldn't help, like I said, herself or her family. And to go back to your point of her being 10 years old, that's what gets me with this dream is because mm-hmm. it got to total chaos at the end. Where, yeah. you know, first the auditorium was empty, which probably says something on its own, like she was probably feeling alone, like quite literally alone, because then at the end, the auditorium was full of people. And it created like her dream just has no resolution. It went yes. from okay, to crazy until she woke up. Usually, sometimes it kind of winds down a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. But no. So I'm wondering, since she was so young, like, I feel like the baby literally represents something that's following her. But at only mm-hmm. 10, what could it be? Did something traumatic oh, happen to her know. like in that short life? Like Fifth grade? I don't think grade. that was a good year for me. Oh, you didn't, you didn't have a good no. fifth grade? I didn't, oh. I didn't like fifth grade. I had a mean teacher. It could be something as simple as that, though, you know, in it their school be. life. Is it a bully? Is it a mean teacher? And it, it has to be. be. 10-year-olds can have stress, too, folks. Yeah. But, I mean, to take the form of that creepy creepy fast crawling baby barbie oh it was that's terrible dream terrible terrible dream it began as a false sense of security it's like oh there's like a toddler in front of me that's got blonde hair and a cute ponytail and a pink ribbon and then it just from it was like from there it just happened so suddenly so was it something in her life that happened suddenly right you know something that just kind of just came on like an onset of something out of the blue something bad I mean, to rep- to form itself in such a creepy way is obviously a sign that whatever happened to her really affected her. And yeah. like she said to this day, she remembers this dream like she had it yesterday. I can understand why. I don't know how old she is now, but I would remember this dream too. <laughs> My biggest concern with this dream is what happened to Lisa at such a young age that she would have had such mm-hmm. a stress dream. But hopefully... She graduated fifth grade, 
moved on to six, <laughs> had some better dreams. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Lisa, let us know if you made sixth grade without yeah. being bit by a creepy baby. <laughs> and uh, hopefully your dreams are a lot more sweeter going forward. Yes. Yeah. Ditto. Thanks, Lisa. That was um, incredibly terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either. That goes on the I don't like it remolations list. <laughs> There's a lot on that list. <laughs> there is. It's getting longer. It's getting longer. And hey, if you want a remolations, I don't like a t-shirt. Yeah. You can go to remolations.com slash support. That's the best way to support the show, besties. You can hit our merch store and get, like I said, an I don't like it shirt. You can get a Sweet Dreams Bitches shirt. There's mm-hmm. some cool merch over there. Check it out. There's lots of ways to support the show. Just, again, head on over to remolations.com slash support. Yes, please. And do you know what time it is now, Mindy? Uh, it's got to be time for catnaps. Well, always, whenever I ask what time it is, it's always <laughs> time for catnaps, which is a great segment of the show where we read your short little dreams that you might not remember the whole thing or a dream story, just little things we whip through them real quick just to get as many of our listeners on the show so we can hear what they have going on in their heads. <laughs> Sometimes we don't understand it, Bestie, but we're going to do our best. Here we go. <laughs> well, to kick off catnaps, I've got a dream from Lucy, and Lucy's from Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay. It's just titled, My Dad Changed My Name to Mason. <laughs> Is that I think the that end? pretty much sums up the dream. No, <laughs> but, here, the but here she goes. <laughs> Last night, I had a vivid dream that my dad walked up to me emotionless and handed mm. me a legal document stating my new name was now Mason. I'm a female in my 20s, for reference. (laughs) I've had the name Lucy all my life. I later ran into my sister, who said, I'm so sorry, and we hugged what seemed like forever. I didn't ask why she was so sorry, but I was also still in shock, because in my whole life, no one's ever apologized to me. (laughs) What? She, She says, she adds this at the end. I've been on a spiritual journey in my life right now, and I've had strange things happen to me. And I've been realizing some of my closest people in my life have betrayed me. I believe dreams have a deeper meaning, and I don't focus on every detail, but I do think dreams reveal our subconscious and the things that we may not be able to recognize consciously. Any ideas what that might be about? Wow. Uh, (laughs) Lucy... I'm glad that you're recognizing that you're on a spiritual journey of yourself. And I think that this dream is just reiterating that, that finding your own identity. You know, if your name, Lucy, had been tied to, you know, some bad things in your past life. And I'm not, and we don't analyze these. I'm not getting into deep, Brooke. But yeah, I just feel like you're, you're, you're on the right path. Yeah. Your dream is telling you you're on the right path of self-discovery. And I, and I love that for you. So, and I love you that she's sure. recognizing that. That yeah, she's absolutely. not just ignoring it. So good job, Lucy. And Mason's not a bad name anyway. So No, I think it's a cute boy's name, girl's name, anyone name. Lucy Mason. Thanks for sharing your dream. Yes. <laughs> Lucy Mason. <laughs> this is just a real quick one from Karen from Denver. Okay. She says, after milling around a party and chilling, I found out there was a cake. Oh, yes. Thank God. Yes. Oh, cake, mm. cake, cake. Mm-hmm. Mm, cake. Yes. I ended up picking up a piece of cake, but no matter what, it just tasted like ash. I said oh, I ash. I thought you were going to say A-S-H. 
Well, that's not good either. No, I don't neither cake, one. Please. I don't think you. I don't want ass good. cake or ash cake. Either, mm, not <laughs> no. on my list. Ass not, cake? Not even on the bottom of the list. Just not on the list at all. <laughs> I will take like a pistachio cake before I take an ash cake. Uh, uh, I don't know if they. And Karen, poor cakes. poor Karen says, "Yet my mouth kept watering because the thought oh. of eating said cake." <laughs> was making me hungry. Agreed. Then I woke up with drool all over my pillow. Oh, poor Karen (laughs) and her ashy cake. Mm. (laughs) Happy birthday. Maybe it's a sign. You're getting old. Yeah. Happy birthday. I don't like it. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, Best cake you've ever had, Brooke. Oh. (sighs) Or dessert. Let's go best dessert you've ever had. How about that? That is a very tough question, Mindy. There's so many different types of desserts. Whether you made it, was it a restaurant? Someone made it for you? Yeah. How about you tell me first? Because I think okay. you know off the top of your head what you're I do. I do. Because I have this. no clue. <laughs> you're like, everyone is delicious. Everyone I've ever had is good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took a business trip once where I went to, I think it was Laguna Beach, like somewhere mm-hmm. in California. And on the menu was a dessert flight. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I've had wine flights. I've had whiskey flights. I've had flights of many things. But a dessert flight? That count sounds me like in. the best idea ever if you can't make up your mind. Oh, my God. So what it was was like six little shot glasses, like literally one bite shot glasses of six different desserts. Mm, what were I got, they? It was like... Do you uh, there was a any carrot cake. There mm. was like a chocolate mousse something. There was like an apple pie. It was the best dessert I ever had just because it was the idea of having all different desserts. So you got to oh. have all the desserts, basically. That's that's the best the yes. best option. I do make a so, good carrot cake, too. Ooh, carrot cake. And I people are... It's one tough. way or the other on carrot I think cake. so, too, yeah. but I'll, like... Love it or hate it. ...do, like, actual carrots. Like, I will... Look at that. I'm, I do love chocolate caramel brownies, too. That is also good. But these Magic aren't, brownies? like... These aren't specific. <laughs> if they're... Ma- you know what's funny is I've never had a Magic Brownie. Isn't that never odd? I've never... We might have I, to try that. We might have to have um, a medicinal night some night. <laughs> Yes, maybe a medicinal night somewhere. In, it's legal here in Illinois. A That's right. I'll have, to, I'll, have, night. I'll have to come over there. Come visit. We'll figure it out. That'll be the. We'll be like that was the best dessert, man. Dude, <laughs> like, so I, good. The whole episode is like an hour and a half of us just talking about desserts. <laughs> I'm in, bestie. If you want to hear it, let us know. But thank you, Karen, for sharing that dream. That was delicious, but not. Yes. I have a dream from Caroline, and she's from St. Louis, and she titles this one. It says, I learned a fake fact about Japan in my dream. Okay. A fake fact. That sounds random. A fake fake fact. Okay. I dreamed that I learned that the Japanese government mandated that every citizen in Japan had their own special pen and pencil with their names engraved on them. (gasps) What if you lost them? That would... I don't think it'd be good. I don't think it would be good either. <laughs> the citizens all carried around their own special pen and or pencil everywhere they go. And if it's lost, oh, here's <gasps> your answer. And if it's lost, 
the government mails them a replacement. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> I guess that's it. Very anticlimactic. I thought you would <laughs> be like murdered or like <laughs> nope. all of a sudden you disappear. <laughs> you got to fill out form 9764B and you get a yep. new pen or pencil with your name. And you have name. to attach subform L2 <sighs> and then... <laughs> and a $12 fee. Yes. Or a 12 yen fee. I'm not sure. <laughs> Good job, Mindy. It is yen. Thank you. Yeah. But I don't know what the conversion is. 12 yen might be a penny. I'm not sure. It's a pretty good deal if it is. That's Either way, <laughs> you got to pay a fee. <laughs> Caroline says, no one uses anyone else's pen or pencil, and it is forbidden <gasps> if you do. Maybe that's where like the punishment comes in. I yeah, if you, t- okay. if you use someone else's. So in my dream, by the way, I'm in the USA. She's Thank in the you. USA dreaming this. Well, obviously, St. Louis. My friend found one of these pens on the ground, and she started writing with it. But then an elderly Japanese tourist got really angry at her for it. She was, like, really confused. Yeah, I bet. She's like, it's just a fucking pencil. What's the problem? Dude, I I just picked up, I'm just writing myself a note here. I'm just balancing my checkbook. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do on a walk, just randomly balance. I mean, with a checkbook. People don't use pencils anymore, really. They don't use checkbooks anymore. We know. No, that's why I made the joke. (laughs) Way to date yourself. Thank you. (laughs) So in my dream, I remembered that strange fact. And I apologized to the man on her behalf and explained to the man that in America, we can just buy pens and pencils anywhere, in any store. And I started naming lots of random places where you can get pens for almost nothing. (laughs) The dollar store. You go to Staples, you go to Target. A gas station, anywhere, (laughs) steal one, steal one from a waitress that dropped off the check. Yep. Sign your name and run out the door. (laughs) The man visibly got calmer and eventually forgave us. I just remembered at the end of my dream being very happy. I remembered the random fact that I came up with in my dream. I think that is what is the best part of the dream. Is that weird? Yeah. Like that she remembered a fake fact in the dream that helped her get out of a sticky situation <laughs> right so weird so weird caroline well, thank you watch out for those japanese pencils they'll get you <laughs> this is a dream from carly from san diego last week i had a dream where i was at a music festival and this person was showing me an app specifically made for that music festival where drug dealers would sign in to whatever no. stage they were at and what <laughs> drugs they were selling. Oh, I'm, oh, cool. It does sound pretty smart, actually. Yeah. Oh, look, I see Ice is over by the main grandstand <laughs> yep, yep. with um, meth need- and mushrooms. Mm, cool. mm, I need to go over to the Coke stand. Let's see on my app. Scroll, scroll. Oh, stage B? Stage B. <laughs> heading over there. Got a good, got a good deal going right now. <laughs> I hope you brought cash. <laughs> Interesting. I normally don't feel drugs when I dream, but that dream, I totally felt like I was rolling on oh. MDMA. Just interesting to feel it that strongly yeah. in your dream. Uh-huh. Interesting. Hey, maybe that could be a good way to experiment with drugs if you can just... In your dream? In your oh, dream. Completely. Like, if you could feel it in your dream. Hey. I mean, in, in the time when we grew up in the D.A.R.E. program... <laughs> Just put on your dare shirt and go yes. enjoy the concert. Just enjoy the concert. Oh, man. No, not really. Don't do drugs, folks. It's not good. Addiction counselors were working there as security <laughs> guards. 
<laughs> well, it seems like anti. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not. It seems. Anti-intuitive here, for sure. They should... I, um, I don't even know the word to explain what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Um, it, it, we're working in opposites here. Yes, we are. And they all knew and didn't seem to care that everyone was selling and taking drugs. Addiction counselors, get on it. Come on. I mean, they're finding their next clientele. I get That's, it. I mean, that is like coaching. Sign- they've got like a clipboard and they're just writing down everyone's <laughs> insurance information. <laughs> Are you insured? All right, we'll make an appointment. You can come in on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to America. There was one counselor, and she was yelling out to the crowd that tripping would be fun and all, but it'd be boring and depressing when you get back home. And then I woke up. (laughs) That's probably true. That's probably true. (laughs) It is probably true, but why is she now just jumping in the game? Come on, counselors, get on it. <laughs> that that's an interesting one. That I like that. I mean, it is kind of a smart idea. I'm, it probably does exist in some kind of dark underground, web yeah, dark web way. In the dark web. Okay, <laughs> Thanks, well, Carly. I've got a dream from Kelly, and Kelly is from Chandler, Indiana. Oh, here, here we got a hashtag. Oh, good, good, good. I watch Modern Family rather repetitively, and last night. I dreamt I was on a small plane with Alex, Claire, Jay, and Phil. Are oh. you are you a Modern Family fan? I was. I um, I didn't oh, see the no last. More. Well, no, I I still am, but I never watched the last few seasons. Like I used to watch it, so I, I haven't. You felt you got out before before the yeah did before the soft fade yeah before it kind of you know you know better to burn out than to fade away. So they say and. Mm-hmm. But it was hot and heavy, and I loved every second of it, especially Phil is one of my favorite characters. He's the best. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. Yes. What does Ty Burrell dream? I love the name Ty, by the way. First of all, Ty, darling sweetheart. I love your name. And Ty, baby, <laughs> let us know what you dream. And I think he, well, I... I say this every time. I think he'd be the type <laughs> that would respond. <laughs> sure. I'm yeah, very so. optimistic so. every week. <laughs> I mean, but talk about a cast of great characters. I mean, yes. you, there's so many you can hashtag there. Any of them. Yes. It was Fantastic. a great ensemble cast. It was it oh, was and is a great strong. show. I just, again, didn't see the later. Dipped, season. dipped before the I end. Dipped up, dipped I dipped out. out dipped yeah, right out, out. yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think mark and i did the same i think we watched the whole series and then like we got to the last and we're like uh, okay <laughs> yeah but i used to actually watch it watch it so ty yeah. baby okay let ty us let us know so in the, going back to kelly's dream on a plane a small plane with alex claire jay and phil okay for some reason we were outside of the plane and everyone was standing and trying to slowly sit on the wings of the plane not a good idea i don't think for comfort and balance. Oh, okay. I mean, I can understand maybe the balance. The balance no, part. I can't com- understand either of it actually. I guess comfort. <laughs> if you need a lot of leg room, you're gonna get it on the wings. <laughs> but no wow, tray table. This is amazing. No tray table. <laughs> so I don't a little know. Windy, a little it's windy. A little. You gotta hang on. Hang on tight. <laughs> Jay was maneuvering the plane and getting ready to land, and Phil was saying, "You should land there." And as we looked down, I felt the vertigo and the excitement of hitting the ground. 
I don't quite remember landing, but the next thing <laughs> I remember, I was in my auntie's van going to a local store where we got snacks. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> Alex was dead asleep in the van, and I wrote it off as just jet lag, and then I woke up. <laughs> that's not just <laughs> jet lag. Lag, sorry. It's not. <laughs> but I love it. Tell me what random. kind of tell me what type of medicine you took on that plane. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> right. pretty good. Was was this a night quill dream? Because it seems kind of like a night quill yeah. dream. An ambient dream, perhaps. Oh boy. My was favorite. it a dream? Was it a dream from the the mushroom app, the, the drug app? <laughs> the drug dream? app. Was it a drug, drug app. app dream? We want to know. But thank you, Kelly. <laughs> well, folks. I know we're just getting out of spooky season, but I couldn't help myself. I just got had to read one more scary dream. Ooh. And this is Roger from Chicago. Mindy, he's your Chateau, neighbor. baby. Hello. Yeah, I know Raj. He's really you cool. You do? Raj? Yeah, he yeah. seems cool. Raj, we're besties. <laughs> I once had a dream that there was a man chasing me around a campsite, like Camp Crystal Lake from Friday the 13th. And he had not a good. chainsaw. Mm. Also, not mm. the weapon I wanted to be chased with. Nope. I don't think there's many weapons I want to be chased by. I don't with, want actually. to be chased by anything really, but chainsaw's pretty bad. I That's mean, terrifying. it's got the noise and the you could smell the gasoline. Everything about it is oh, just all yeah. your senses. It's one of the worst. Like, yeah, it, it's a bad one. Gun straight straight to the back, but yep. not a chainsaw. No, 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 no. He chased me around the camp for ages until I was so exhausted that I simply gave up. I got oh, no. on my knees and begged him to please make it quick. He took pity on me dragged me to my feet, and hugged me tight. <laughs> he started softly oh. humming and then abruptly took the chainsaw to the left side of my neck, making me scream out in anguish, sending oh. this foul, bloody smell through the air. It took roughly three seconds for the chainsaw to finally kill me. Which That's is what- too long. That is too long. Can we do it in half a second? Can it be instantaneously seconds? or in my I sleep? I can't do that. Please. I can't do three Please. seconds, dude. When I woke up, I could still smell the blood from my dream. Oh. It was stuck in my nose for days, and I haven't figured out why. Ooh. Ooh. Those olfactory smell dreams that stick. Mm. I, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I liked it, Roger. But here's my question. Yes. What song was he humming in his? Oh, I think like, go to sleep, little Raj. Go to sleep, my little Roger. <laughs> oh, okay, that's it. That that's it. Podcast over. That was beautiful. Mic drop. Claps. Mic drop. <laughs> I did not. I expected you to pick out like some like John Legend song, but you. You, you killed it, oh, darling. No. You killed it. That's what I, I heard in my head. Perfect. <laughs> thank you, Roger. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love our fans, Mindy. I love our bestie. That was amazing. What a great group of catnaps. Thank you so much to Lisa for submitting your dream. We had a really fun time going through that one with you. And of course, all of our catnaps. Superb yes, today. Thank you. Lots of fun. Thank you. Brooke. I texted you earlier today because I was working on this topic. <laughs> yes, and I'm very excited because I have no idea. Because I sent no you a idea. couple pictures mm-hmm. that were just me and, I, I don't know, like just shock face and concerned like, face. You couldn't, be- how I would describe them is you could not believe what you had just either seen online or read online. Yeah. Just shock. 
So okay. I can't wait to see what these pictures equate to. <laughs> okay, well, our story begins in Lincolnshire. Oh, not far London. from you. England. Oh. It's February 28th, 2001. Oh, okay. What were you doing in 2001? I was in Arizona, living okay. it up, going to school. Mm-hmm. Okay, and maybe you've heard the story, maybe not, so maybe. let me know. we'll see. Okay. Construction contractor Gary Hart, age 37, begins to get ready for his workday. Mm, I he don't l- like your tone of voice. <laughs> he works 105, no, he works 145 miles away and he starts his day early, like really early. We're talking 4.40 a.m. Well, starts getting ready for work. Have to if he worked that far away. It's got to be like a two and a half hour drive to work. Easily. Yeah, who knows? I mean, but construction, you know, how job sites, whatever. Maybe you you go where the work is. It's still dark as he leaves his home and climbs into his Range Rover. On his Range Rover, he has an attached trailer, like a fat, uh, nope, not a fat bed trailer, a (laughs) flat bed trailer. (laughs) It's a fat bed trailer. That fat bed is now too skinny. (laughs) (laughs) That. Flatbed trailer is hauling a car. So, yeah, think about a Range Rover. He's got a trailer, a flatbed with another car on top of it. Oh, my goodness. Leaves leaves for his workday. Gary was headed westbound on Motorway 62, M62. If you ever wondered what M stood for, it was Motorway on that day. And the conditions that evening, it was was cold. The temperatures were hovering right around freezing point. Mm. So right around 32 degrees Fahrenheit, as we say. And it was... intermittently snowing and sleeting kind of like that right i don't like that weather the mixed precipitation yes <laughs> so not good for that mixed precipitation <laughs> so a couple hours into his drive at six thirteen a.m gary's vehicle approaches a bridge oh no and it veers off the motorway oh no his the m it veers off the m it veers off the m <laughs> The Range Rover heads down a steep embankment and comes to rest 115 meters below the road, which <gasps> is 377 feet. I was going to say, that's a lot. That's, that's a big embankment. Yes. Now, fortunately for Gary, his car is still upright. It kind of went down this embankment upright. And he tries to put his vehicle in reverse, but <laughs> to no avail. Like, he's trying to, like... I know, I'm sorry, but to think he's going to back out. Like, get me back on the way. 400 feet. Like. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I know so this he, is serious, he, but okay. No, no, it's a good point. So, Gary then calls 999. Yep. Which is the European equivalent of 911 for all Which I just learned USDs. from Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. <laughs> See? You learn stuff every day. You do. <laughs> so I have a transcript here of the 999 call. Oh, okay. Okay. Gary. Hello. I have been in an accident. I'm on the M62. I've gone off the road. I'm down the embankment, and I'm on the railway line. Oh, Mindy, you okay. know. The dispatcher replies, oh, right. And the vehicle's blocking still on the railway line? Gary. Yeah, but there's a train coming. Mm. Now, um, now do you understand the faces I was sending you in the texts and my photos as I was preparing this topic? I, I have no idea where this topic is going, by the way. So I am fascinated all around. The next thing you hear oh, no. is a train horn on the 999 call. And then you hear an awful sound of metal scraping. The dispatcher says, oh, my God. 
Oh my God. Now, Brooke, we're going to rewind in time a little bit. Oh, God. Yep, there we go. Okay. It is, we're back to 5.45 a.m. So Gary's car slides off the road, 6.13 a.m. Now we're going back to the time. What the signals a. on the train track? They should, there should be signals that let them know that there's something on the track. I, okay. Well, here we go. Okay. 5.45 a.m. We're in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. As the inner city 225 train pulls out of the station. Now, this train's a passenger train. It's a nine-car train. They call them carriages. So if you hear me interchange the words, it's mm-hmm. carriages. It is operated by the Great Northeastern Railway. The train was leaving Newcastle, heading south towards London's King's Cross. Wow. So you got to think of like, I don't know, here in Chicago, you're on the metro, headed into the city, you're headed into Union Station. Yeah. It's like a, it is a suburban like- passenger train. But King's Cross is one of the biggest train stations mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. It's huge. It's a huge just hub of activity. Yep. Because Europeans love their train systems and they're fast. They're fast. And we they're affordable. Between countries. And they've got it figured out over there. They got yeah, it out. They, do. they really do. So this commuter train has a couple stops along the way, including York, which it pulls into that station at about 6 a.m. Here is where I it picks up the... Ma- <laughs> This is, my heart's racing because I know, well, I don't know what the story is, but I know how this part ends. So, I don't, okay. Just before 6 a.m., it pulls in the station. It picks up the majority of its passengers. It was not too crowded because it was so early in the morning. Yeah. But this inner city train pulls out of the York station at 6.01, and it begins to pick up speed as it travels down the rail. Now, European railways travel a lot faster than here in the U.S. This train can go up to like 125 miles per hour or 201 kilometers per hour. So that's Mm -hmm. pretty fast. We're not used to besties outside the U.S. We're not used to trains going so fast here. I mean, maybe hit 60, maybe. But trains do not go that fast. along like that. And it's a passenger train. There's... So at this okay. point, there are 99 people on board this inner city train, including railway workers and passengers just trying to make it to work that morning. One of those passengers is Bob Brook. <gasps> I like No E name. at the end, Bob Brook without oh. an E. But, mm. but Bob, Bob was taking the train to King's Cross so he could take a Eurostar to France. He had just taken a seat with his breakfast in his newspaper when conductor Raymond Robson came and checked his ticket and Bob settled in for the commute. According to Bob, he says, quote, suddenly there was very sharp braking. Now, being a railway man, I thought he'd missed a speed restriction sign or there was something else wrong. I don't remember anything else after that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Brooke, now we're going back to Gary Hart, the man whose car and trailer has gone off the highway, the motorway, if you will. (laughs) The M. (laughs) Mindy. What are you what are you getting me into here? The operator heard the crash and said, "Oh my god." So that's where we're picking up from. The next thing we hear is Gary on the 999 call. The He's train alive? Has, the train has just gone straight through the front of my Land Rover. <gasps> it just missed him. Gary had climbed out of his Land Rover just seconds before the accident as he was making the 999 call. <gasps> Gary had witnessed the inner city 225 passenger train 
obliterate his car. As we know, trains don't stop. It just <laughs> pushed his car down the track. Oh, my God. Actually, it continued traveling 700 meters or 2,296 feet down the track. Now, what we learned from later reports is that the boogie on the first train car had come off the track. The boogie? It's a, bo- it's a boogie. <laughs> so, uh, it's called boogie. a boogie. A it's boogie. Boogie. Um, I had to look it up. It's the chassis that carries the wheel set. Okay. So, it's, it's like called the, a boogie. The, it's called a, or it could so, be a bogey. I'm oh. not exactly sure, but it's okay. B-O-G-I-E. A, I'll say boogie. <laughs> I would think maybe lightening the mood a little bit. <laughs> yeah, let's lighten the mood because I would. That's think- a boogie. So the boogie <laughs> came off the track. It sounds like a song lyric. The boogie came off the track. The boogie so came good, off you the track. Go back. Um, <laughs> we wish it could go back because this just gets awful from here on out. Oh my god! Even though that boogie came off the track, the train cars remained upright. Oh, my God. But, Brooke, it's about to get worse. That breaking that Bob felt, the Bob, the, the passenger we talked about earlier on the train, was the train trying to stop because this was a southbound train. But on the northbound track, there was another train. Oh, for fuck's heading sake. Heading directly towards the derailment. Oh, my this God. Is I, crazy. This is crazy. So, okay, this is reminding me of like, remember, you you look like you're having a complete panic attack, by the way, you're like shaking your arms, you're, I, there was this one episode of Forensic Files that has Mm -hmm. haunted me since I've seen it. Okay. And I have a feeling it's going to be similar to that because it's about a horrible train accident. I'll I'll tell Uh you later, but like, I want to hear where this is going first, but it's, I mean, I have chills. Yeah, so um, this isn't good. The train headed northbound was a freight liner traveling from Immingham to Ferry Bridge. It was loaded with a thousand tons of coal, and in total, the weight was 14 tons. The two trains collided head on. (gasps) The passenger train was traveling even after it had hit the Range Rover was traveling at 88 miles per hour. And had already gone like half a mile with the car down the tracks, right? The freight train was traveling at 54 miles an hour. So do you remember those math equations? No, I don't want to do it. Yes. The train going north is traveling at 54 miles per hour. It was horrific. This is an event that I read that the, the circumstances of it happening is like one in a billion trillion like it it is insane so at this point the passenger train becomes completely derailed <sighs> so we talked about bob that was in the buffet car like the the dining car um there's also another passenger who was not named this passenger said i had just been served coffee and toast at the counter by the train's chef paul taylor quote all of a sudden the sky became black. It was dust being thrown up by the derailed metal wheels running over the gravel. Then I was flung down the kitchen corridor area and cracked my neck on a panel. At least it stopped my trajectory. The roof of the carriage struck the road bridge and tore the roof off. Oh my God. 
So all the lightning and metal work rained down on top of us, and we were just staring up at the sky. Oh, my God. So although this passenger that we just quoted and the original passenger, Bob Brooke, survived, senior train conductor Raymond Robson, 43, who just moments earlier checked Bob's passenger ticket, was not so fortunate. He did not survive this crash. I can't believe anyone survived. Family members remember him as being a loving uncle that grew up loving trains and playing with them. And it was no surprise he was involved in trains in his career. Oh, God. Another victim was the buffet chef, Paul Taylor, who was 42, who had just served toast and coffee. He was married 16 years and had two kids. Just think about... You know, there's not like seatbelts. People are standing, walking up and down the aisles, checking tickets or serving food. Oh. So like, I mean, if you're it, not sitting, could you imagine even if you're sitting and there's the not velocity. really seatbelts, like the speed and then the impact? I I don't know how anyone survived this. Now we're 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 flipping time a little bit to Mary Dunn. Mary had just woken up and turned on the TV to start her day. Oh, At no. first, she wasn't ma- paying much attention to what was going on, and she was trying to get her two boys ready for school, James, aged nine, and Andrew, aged 13. Mary stopped in her tracks when she saw the breaking news of a double train accident. Her husband, Steve Dunn, was a freight train operator. They had just celebrated their 14th wedding anniversary, and just the day before, she was already planning his 40th birthday party. Oh, God. Mary said, I quote, I was unaware that I was staring at Steve's overturned engine. I immediately tried calling him on his mobile to see if he knew anything about the accident, Mm. but he wasn't responding. Oh, God. It would be five hours until Mary would find out from a railway worker they were 99.9% certain her husband was dead. Oh, God. In fact, her husband, Steve Dunn, 39, had died on impact. He was the freight train driver. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I just don't, I don't know what the connection is. I mean, I'm assuming, I'm thinking someone maybe fell asleep on the job, but I really don't know what's happening. And it's... The accident scene was a mess. One train car of the passenger train was 427 feet away from the train bridge it hit in the field. And I'm going to post some photos on our blog every week. Um, if there's any photos, we just started recently backfilling some of our blog posts. So, Bestie, if you want to see any of these photos, they're on the blog. Three helicopters and a fleet of ambulances rushed to the scene. Now, mind you, again, of the weather conditions, snow, sleet, freezing weather had created difficult conditions for rescue efforts. Oh, my. And as a side fact, um, this is interesting. This was 2001, and there was an unusual aspect of this emergency response, which was the need to carry out disinfecting procedures at the scene. Hmm. This was before COVID. This was... This is 20 years before COVID. This is 2001. This is the UK foot and mouth outbreak. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. So this even hampered rescue efforts more because they had to disinfect stuff as they were going into these passenger trains to save people. Oh, jeez. Now, I'm sorry to say, this is the hard part. The death toll was 10 people, including oh 80 injuries. So almost, I, I, I don't know how anyone survived. I can't believe no. out of the 
there was only 10 deaths. I mean, not that that's a small thing, but that's the impact is crazy that I can't believe that more people weren't killed. I mean, everyone was obviously injured, but. Yeah, that's a lot of injuries. And we've said it before, like, it's not only the deaths, but the lifelong injuries of yeah, people, you like, who knows how long that impacted their leg lives. Or oh, yeah. be paralyzed, like that poor yeah. guy who broke his neck, uh, who was yeah. just having, I mean, an injury could mean a scratch. It could mean amputation, like, yes. oh, God. Awful. Uh, so I'm just going to go through, we mentioned three of the deaths, but I'm going to go through the rest of them. John Weddle, 47, was a train driver of the passenger train. So there was four that were train or railway workers. The rest were passengers. Steve Baldwin, 39. Chris Terry, 30. Alan Enzor, 44. Barry Needenham, 40. Clive Vignan, 39. And Robert Shakespeare, 43. Very sad. Brooke, here's my question. How did this happen? How and did it with happen? the most respect, I think you're on the right track. Here. Okay. So I have a feeling there's a combination of mechanical error and operator error. I mean, obviously that those two options, so it's not really a hot take. But I feel like somebody missed a trigger that let them know something was on the track, maybe because of sleep deprivation or something along those lines well you're on the right track of sleep deprivation track the right track but the issue was gary hart the driver of the car had thought to been asleep at the wheel being the catalyst for the dangerous chain of events he was asleep gary was asleep yeah i didn't think he was gonna be the problem at all yeah Gary walked away from the accident with nothing more than a slight whiplash. Hart was later tried at Leeds Crown Court on 10 counts of death due to dangerous driving. Wow. Now, here is the hard part, and this is the very controversial part of, of this. Gary denied charges. He claimed he had heard a bang and that the vehicle had swerved to the left. Teams of experts spent three weeks examining the crushed vehicle while looking for the smallest details, which would point to the cause of the crash, whether it be mechanic. That's kind that's of tough the after thought it's thought. already been smashed by a train, though. Yeah. They created a reconstruction of the scene, and 700 pieces of his Land Rover were recovered. Oh, like, wow. Talk about smashed to Bits. oblivion. The Humberside Police Accident Investigation Team found no signs of mechanical failure and no signs of braking on the grass as Hart's Land Rover careered down the embankment on the track. Detective and Superintendent Peter McKay of the North Yorkshire Police said the findings of the team were unanimous. It was not a mechanical failure. And there was a witness in this trial. There was a petrol tank driver... Which mm-hmm. petrol gas. for us U.S. besties, uh, like a gas gasoline tank tanker driver, mm-hmm. was called to witness, and he said he saw two wheel tracks in the snow leaving the motorway at a shallow angle. 
which was consistent with the police evidence that it had shown no sign of braking or steering. The angle had showed Hart had drifted off the motorway as though he had fallen asleep. The Crown had even called it a sleep expert who gave evidence of the telltale sign the vehicle had just ran off course with no evasive action being taken by Hart. Just fell asleep. Oh, wow. Now, this part, it, it later transpired that Hart had not slept the night before. And I can't tell if this was in the court documents. I really tried. I don't think in England it's as easy to, I don't know, at least here from the U.S., to find court records or sure. transcripts as it is here in the U.S. So I'm not sure if this information came out in court proceedings or if it had came out afterwards. But it later transpired that Hart had stayed awake the entire previous night talking on the telephone to a woman he had met through an internet dating agency eight days prior. Wow. 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 Uh, (laughs) Hart was found guilty on 10 counts of reckless driving, or we call reckless driving here in the States. So that that was in December. Is that like manslaughter? Yeah, it, it can be. There's like two levels from what I can see of like, the same in the U.S. Like there's like manslaughter which is like non-reckless and then there's like reckless but on december 13th 2001 he was sentenced do you want to guess the sentence of this for 10 deaths this always baffles me because i feel like internationally prisons do not treat murder like we do or death like we do in the u.s which is like life where you go on to you know death row so i'm gonna guess low I'm going to say 25 years. What I found was there's like a 14 year usually is kind of like the, if there's a death involved, a, a sentence of 14 years. Gary Hart was sentenced. very different than like U.S. sentencing. Yes. 14 years? Not. 14 years. Gary Hart was sentenced five years in prison wow. for dangerous driving. Five years. And he probably got out way before five years. He served 30 months, half his sentence for 10 deaths. It's less than, it's less than a year. It's less than like practically a month. 80 injuries. Yeah. Oh my God. Then here's where you're going to get really mad, Brooke. Oh God, damn it, Mindy. (laughs) Here's where you're going to get mad. Here's where I sent you kind of my second photo of me just being like, what the... Oh, God, Um, there's more. (laughs) Gary Hart started a new life in South Wales after he served his sentence. He never took blame for it. He actually blames fate for his accident. What? He has been repeatedly criticized by the victim's families for his failure to accept this blame. He had a, a radio interview many years after it where he said, quote, I believe in fate. I was meant to be there that morning. The accident occurred because I was there. The same for the people that were on the train. They were meant to be there that morning. As far as being asleep at the wheel, that's what I went to prison for. It's not what the truth is, though. No deaths occurred at the point of impact with my Land Rover. They all occurred 700 yards down the track, which I feel other people should have been held accountable for. So in my own head, I've dealt with that in fashion. I can't. I can't with this guy. He's the biggest... Nope. Mm. This is where this story, to me, took... Like, I can understand if you fell asleep at the wheel, and it's been proven 
you did not sleep the night before. Yes. But not to take responsibility for your actions just after all these pisses years. me off. And gets out early, barely serves 30 anything. months for it's 10 like deaths, 80 two injuries. Years, two and a half years. That's it. Nothing. That's nothing. <sighs> oh, this is pissing me off. Yes. Yes. After that verdict came out, the wife of Paul Taylor, who was the buffet chef on the yes. train, she says, he knew all along he did it, but he lied all the way through from start to finish, even while in the witness box. I know he did not attend what happened, but I cannot forgive him for not admitting it. Exactly. Have some integrity, man. Mrs. Dunn, who was the freight train operator's wife, um, who had the two small children, she also spoke out and said she could not forgive him. She says, quote, it's really for the boy's sake that I cannot forgive him. I cannot forgive for what he took away from them on that day. Oh now, her son, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to lighten up a little bit here. Her son, James, <laughs> was nine at the time, went on to later become a train driver when he was 18. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Mary said his dad would have been thrilled about it. Mm. You think lightning can't strike twice, but there's still some worry. If I try to stop him, he, he would just hold it against me. I have to let him do what he wants to do. Yeah. Oh. Now, in 2021, there was a 20th anniversary for this crash at the site. There's like a monument that was put there for the 10 victims of this accident. But I'm just going to leave it on this note. Mary Dunn said after the 20th anniversary, my understanding is that the number of estimated sleep-related accidents particularly on motorways at night or in the early hours, has not altered in those 20 years. People just mm -hmm. seem to think that they're superhuman and it won't happen to them. That certainly was the attitude of that particular individual on that day. Oh, my God, Mindy. What did you just do to me? Wow. And to this date, the Selby rail crash remains the worst UK rail disaster of the 21st century. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But don't uh, don't apologize. It's important. No. With it, things like that, if things still haven't changed, like she said, in the last 20 years, like things still haven't people, changed. If you listen to this podcast, if you are sleepy while you're driving, stop driving. Stop Be driving. Like Pull Mindy. over. She's done it, has been very smart and has pulled over. You have to. You have go go get coffee, take a walk, take a nap. Even it's been proven that even a short nap wakens your brain. You have to you have to stop. You have to realize you're sleepy and you have to take the necessary precautions to stop this from happening. Oh, oh god. My heart's broke. I know, I know I sent you pictures because I was I texted you today. I was like so I upset just, about this. I had no idea what you were researching, where it was going, even as you were telling me the story. I I mean, eventually kind of pieced it together, but like just such... The, the chances of going off the road because you fell asleep, landing on a train track. And living. Having a train. Yes, and getting out. He's yes. fine. Which unfortunately was not for the 10 victims. Getting out of your car. A, a passenger train smashes your car and then another train hits, hits that train because it it's derailed. Like, 
what are the chances are like I said, one in a trillion that this would have happened. And the fact that just he the uses worst timing it as fate. Yeah. And that everyone fuck was you. supposed fuck to you. be there at that time. Uh, yeah, fuck you. And no never remorse. take accountability. Yeah. Even after you've served your sentence, like you've served it. You've been found guilty. You're released now. Like, why hold on to the the lie? Like, right. you've kills already... Me. Kills me. Oh. But, friends, that is the Selby rail crash. Uh, I'm going to put a bunch of... Uh, things in the show notes so if you want to look at it your own the the transcript the 911 call that he made what is on there that was horrifying to hear but knowing what type of person he is i I, it's interesting how it all i'm sick to my stomach yeah yeah so um so how was your week (laughs) (laughs) moving along i hope you had some good news because we have to kind of lighten the mood a little bit Uh, i do have good news i got my license renewed (laughs) yay you passed your seizure test well i passed my seizure (laughs) test but here's the thing like so in Iowa, you I thought it was a month. So I thought I was screwed because it expired on September 3rd. But yep. you have two months. So I had oh, to make an appointment. And I you know, had to get all my paperwork first. And then yes. I went in there and it went by so quickly and easily. And this doctor had put no more follow-ups needed. But good. unfortunately, oh, so that means good. I shouldn't have to go to the DMV every year. She said, I know your doctor marked... No more needed, but we have to have it on record for 10 years. Uh, so it's 2016. So I'm very, yeah. very, 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 you're, very, you're very three close. Three more years. I'm three very, more years without seizures and you're in the clear. I'm in the clear. Not even. I mean, we're almost done with yeah. this year. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm so close. I'm so close you're to close. not having to go every year. But I took the worst picture I've ever had on my license. Oh, so that's I don't know. Let's compare because mine's pretty <laughs> bad. Um, uh, I've stopped giving like caring because I have to go every year, you know. So yeah. it's like I just yeah. Like this time I just like but went. They take and was a, like, it's interesting they take your picture every year because here in Illinois they don't take your picture every year. Which I think, I think it's just because or like when you renew it. Yeah, I think it's just because of my situation that I have to yeah. do it every year. But interesting. Um, I only have. I literally just went Tuesday, so I only have the little paper. Okay, Brooke. I don't uh, once have... you get your official, mm-hmm. we're gonna, I don't know if we're I... gonna put no. We're gonna put your side by side with mine because I don't think I've. I don't think I've told the story. Um, when I, I had to renew my license during COVID. You well, did. First you, of all, my, you my just license went online, ex- right? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, my license was expired, so I had to go in because because of my uh, piece of shit ex husband. There was some outstanding issues with the state. Anyhow, okay. I had to go in to get it renewed, and it. A big fine had to be paid. So I had to go in and get my picture taken. COVID. So we're talking like 2020, August of 2020. I don't want any excuses from you about your picture, lady. It's awful. I look like... You can say it's a bad picture, but don't use COVID as an excuse. No, no, but here's, here's the reason. It wasn't just COVID. So no one could be inside the building. There was no appointments. So you stood outside and waited for your turn. I got in line about noon and it was about 90 degrees and i'm standing on blacktop oh, i was in line for two and a half hours i would have passed out 
to the point where I called and I had to take the damn written test again. So I had, yeah. I was studying. <laughs> I was studying. Because <laughs> I'm like, fuck if I'm going to stay in line this long and I'm going to fail this test. I am taking the damn 16-year-old study guide oh, I, to yeah. make sure I passed. I get, to, I get to the point where I am completely sunburned and dehydrated. <laughs> I call Mark and I said, Mark, I need you just to bring me a water because I'm dying because I can't get in the line. I can't no, get in the line. No. And so Mark actually drives by the line Aww. with our son Oliver and hands me like a, a jumbo 64 ounce soda from the gas station so I can just have the ice that and so the caffeine. Nice. One and a half hours later, I'm in there. I am sunburnt. I am obviously heat stroked. And I get my picture taken. So let's put ours side by side. When you get mm. yours, and I get mine. <laughs> okay. We'll put it on our Facebook group, which, by the way, besties, if you don't know, search for Remolations Besties on Facebook. We're going to put a poll up. Oh, Jesus. Who's got the worst picture? <laughs> I don't want to know. I haven't even seen it in color yet. It's just a piece <laughs> of paper, like that grape. It's going. It's going on the Facebook group. Oh, God. Maybe I should choose. A COVID license picture, because I have to go every year. So obviously, I had a couple COVID license pictures, too. No, you got to choose this one, because it's no worse than mine. Guaranteed. I look like I'm, like, ballooned up from heat and exhaustion. <laughs> I look way... And then the best part was is the, the person who took the picture was, like, one, two, three, and I click. And I heard a click, and I start walking away, and then it clicks. And so it's, like... <laughs> The first picture was like blurry. He's like, okay, we have to do this again. I'm like, why would you say three and then wait five seconds and then take it? And where Anyways. are you going? Why are you like busting out of there? Just I was so hot. Thing. I needed I needed to get into air conditioning. I was so, I was dying. I was dying. Um, so it was the second take actually. And it was awful as well. Well, I feel terrible for that scenario. I also feel really badly because when I was there, I saw two people not pass, like, the room uh, test, you know, like, at the little computers. Yeah. Uh, were they, like, younger, or were they? No. no? Oh, bummer. I know. I'm That's like, why that I studied sucks. in line. Oh, when I had to read after my seizures, and I had to do the driving test and the written test, oh. I took all the practice tests online. Like, I'm like, I'm not failing this. You're such a studious person. I don't <laughs> expect anything less. I have not had to do the driving test since, like... I was 16. Oh, this is but, only, this is, nah. I never expected to have to do it as an adult. But as an adult, I think they were much more lenient because the lady was like, okay, turn right here. And just like, let's. <laughs> She's like, try. okay, you're an adult. She's like, you're I know fine. you just had a seizure. Like, it's like, I know it's not like you can't drive. Yeah. I'm like, just don't yeah. make me like do some, uh, like a parallel park or something. She's like, no, we're just going to drive around for a minute and then we'll be done. I'm like, thank you. Well, also good news. My 80 year old mother-in-law just passed her driving test. She had oh, to do a, good. I think when you get to a certain age, you have to do an in-person driving test oh, as well. God. So she has passed her so she can still drive. I don't know if my dad will pass his, if he <laughs> 80 and like still can't like move his neck. All the way from side to side. And he... Uh. It's got to be hard. It's got to be hard as people get older and you're, 
your parents and you have to like worry about them driving. I do. I do. I mean, especially after this trip to Arizona that we went on as a family, I was like, holy shit. He's just like kind of going uh, over the center line oh no. and we're driving through mountain passes and stuff. I was like, uh, can I drive? But it was a rental car and he didn't put. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was just bad news bears. Bad news bears. But yeah. we passed. We survived. We did. We did it. Thank you for your support. And Bestie, if you want to support the show, you can also join our Sleepover Squad by going to remolations.com slash support. You become a Sleepover Squad member. Be super cool. The other way you can support the show is by telling your best friend about the podcast. I mean, honestly, Bestie, that's how we grow the most is by telling your friend. You can tell your dad who randomly changed your name to Mason. Or tell your favorite Mason, actually. <laughs> Any friend you have named Mason, tell them about the podcast. You could tell your personal concert drug dealer. I don't know if I want to go down that route, but no. <laughs> you you can tell your favorite concert attendee friend about the podcast. Or you can tell your favorite friend who bakes the best goddamn desserts in the whole world. Mm, yeah. Say thank you, have a bite, and then listen to the podcast as you're enjoying it. Sounds delightful. Uh, again, Bessie, that's how we grow. It's how we continue doing this show each and every week. It's by your support. So just tell one person. All right, Bestie. Until next week, grab your personalized Japanese pencil. <laughs> oh, and write down your favorite saying. Sweet, Sweet dreams, dreams, bitches. <laughs> write it down. Write it like in... Write it as tiny and sweetly as you can. <laughs> How do you write it sweetly? <laughs> With like little hearts above the eyes. I love it. <laughs>